And oh man, it is so good to see all of you here this morning. If you are looking for a church family, look no more because Landmark is an amazing place filled full of love and filled full of grace and this is a great place for you to, to land. And we want you to know that we, we love you and we care for you and, and we just want to have some, some great discussions and great worship this morning. On the back of your um, lifelines is the outline to what we're going to be discussing this morning. And we want everyone to participate in this this morning. And the first blank on there asks actually a pretty, it's, it's unique to you. And so the first question is, what do you want to be or what did you want to be when you grew up? If someone were to come to you at the age of seven and they ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? What would it be? Now, all of us have childhood dreams, and we all wanted to be a variety of different things. Maybe you wanted to be an astronaut, or you wanted to be a painter, or an actor, a chef, a musician, a firefighter, a policeman. Um, maybe, if, maybe Indiana Jones fans in here, maybe you wanted to be an archaeologist. I don't know. What, I don't know what you wanted to be, but we all had those dreams and aspirations, you see, um, when, we're, when we're young and when we're dreaming, there's the, the, the possibilities are endless. And we can think about the things that we want to do, and we can dream about that. And that's what kids do the best. In a recent study, it was revealed that only 6% of adults end up with the careers that they dreamt about as they were kids. You know, one of my dreams is I wanted to be a pirate. My, my favorite baseball team is the Pittsburgh Pirates, and so I thought if the baseball team is named after the Pirates, then man, oh man, how great a pirate must be. Now, later I realized I did not want to join a, a career of crime and live on a boat my whole life, but... I wanted to be a pirate. Another thing that I wanted to be is I wanted to be a pilot and to fly all over the world and to do these great things. But then I realized that my wife might not like that because she's scared of flying or not as, not, she's not a big fan of flying. And so for me to do this on a regular basis, that would not be a good thing. See, we all have our childhood dreams and we all have these things that we want to grow up to be, but somewhere along the way, reality sets in and our interests might change and the reality around us might change maybe you wanted to be a doctor but then you realized that involves science and you have to do good in science in order to be a doctor or maybe you wanted to be the president and then you realize being the president involves being a part of politics and you don't want to be a part of politics and so that was a drawback there uh, or maybe you wanted to be an architect, and then you realized that involves geometry, and I have to do geometry in order for be a, to, to be an architect. I don't know what your dreams are, but somewhere along the way, they might have shifted a little bit, and they might have experienced a reality check. There's many different factors that shape our dreams. Maybe something big happened in your life, or maybe our own human reasoning realized I can't do that, and so therefore I'm going to go a different way. Many times we create many different plans 
because we're nervous or we're scared that one of our other plans might fail. That's why whenever we plan things, we have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, a plan D. Why? Because we want to be prepared. We want to be um, ready for whatever that next step may be. Now, as kids, we didn't have that. It was plan A, I'm going hard, I'm going to do that to the best of my ability. I'm going to be the best astronaut, I'm going to be the best pirate, I'm going to be the best fill-in-the-blank that I can be because we dream big when we're kids. Now, I'm not saying that being prepared is a bad thing. It's actually a very biblical truth. It's actually something that's very important for us to do. We need to make sure that we're prepared for whatever the next step is. The problem is, whenever we become more wrapped up in our plan A instead of what God is telling us, whenever we, whenever we mix up our plans with God, what God is telling us, we, we've, got it, we've got it backwards. Our plans should not supersede God's plans. We should always be able to be still. We should always be able to listen to what God has in store for us. So many times I struggle with this personally. I want to do this. I'm very driven. I want to do this. I'm very driven. But yet, how many times do I step back and let God's plans flow through me? How many times do I step back and listen to what the Spirit wants me to do on my next step? This morning, um, there, I want to discuss a story in the Bible that all of us are very familiar with. And it deals with this exactly where you have a plan A, but God has bigger plans. Now, this is the story of the feeding of the 5,000. And all of us have heard this many times, but it is the, it's a miracle that is mentioned in all four of the Gospels. Outside of the resurrection, to my knowledge, this is the only miracle that is in all four books. Why did they have that? Is because this was an important story. We, needed, we need to hear what Jesus did and how, how this translates into our life. Now, we know, based off of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that John the Baptist had just been killed. And so John's disciples, they are coming to Jesus, and they're telling him that his cousin, his good friend, his predecessor, has just been murdered by King Herod. And now... Jesus is wanting to find a solitary place. He's wanting to go grieve. He's wanting to be away so that he can mourn the passing of his, of his friend. But Jesus' popularity, he was very popular. And so people heard, Jesus is close, and so therefore we're going to go see him. Now, I've asked my son, Isaac, to come and help um, walk through this story with us. If you, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn over to John chapter 6. That's where we're going to be reading from this morning. John chapter 6. And I believe John provides some great detail, some great insight to the story of the feeding of the 5,000. So he's going to start with verse 1 of chapter 6, and then I'll stop you every once in a while. So let's go ahead and read that. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Did you pay attention to that? Jesus already had in mind what he was going to do. 
Now, this is crazy to me because here are all the apostles. They see these thousands of people. They're on this mountain. They see all these thousands of people coming to him. And what does Jesus do? He's like, all right, what are y'all going to do? And you can just see their eyes. They're just like, what? There's thousands of people coming here. I don't have, I don't have a plan. Now, I want you, us to understand something very clear is that God does have a plan for us. God has a very clear plan for us, and he has, he has things that he wants us to do, and he has things that are, are mapped out for us if we follow through and submit our plans to him. Now, we learn from the Mark account that the apostles' um, plan A was to actually send people back. Oh, we don't have enough space. We don't have enough room. Y'all go back to your cities. But that wasn't God's plan. You see, God's plan doesn't send us away. God's plan is to show us that love, to show us that grace. God can take our, he, God can take our terrible situations and turn them into powerful ones. He can maneuver our misplaced plans. You see, these apostles, they're freaking out. They don't know what's going to happen. But God, but Jesus says, I already knew what I was going to do before I even asked you the question. Let's keep going with this story. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will that go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. Okay, stop there for a second. What I love about this part of the story is that Jesus uses this little boy and his five loaves and two fishes to feed thousands and thousands of people. You see, what, what Jesus does, what God does, is he uses he uses what we give him. He can take these five loaves and two fishes and he can give to thousands of people. What's amazing to me is when I think that I have my own plans, when I, ha- when I think I have my own plans mapped out, I think, oh, I know what's best. I'm going to do this. This doesn't make sense to me. But what God does is he says, hey, let me take what you're going to give me and I'm going to bless thousands of people. I'm going to bless so many people. I need to learn that in my life. Taking my plans, the things, that, the talents, and the gifts that God has given me and say, God, it's not about me. It's about you. And when we do that, God blesses so many other people. Let's keep reading. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. After the five, after people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Now, here is the cool part. Thanks, buddy. Here is the cool part. Not only does God take the fish and the bread and feed the thousands of people, but there are leftovers. Baskets and baskets and baskets of leftovers. I think God is showing off here. 
He's saying, I'll take your, your little box lunch, and I'll show you what we can do. We're going to bless tons of people. I can't imagine, well, I would love to imagine or love to see what the apostles were doing as they're picking up all of the leftovers. I, I can imagine their face. They're just like, ah, Jesus did it again. He's crazy. This is nuts. And you can just see them laughing to themselves and shaking their head as they were freaking out about all of these people and what God does is he takes something really small and he makes it huge. He takes what was given and he blesses thousands of people. One of my favorite things to do is I love to go to amusement park. I guess that's a good thing for me as a youth minister to, to, go, to love to go to amusement parks. I love the thrill of the rides. The more loops, the better. The faster the roller coaster, the better. I love them. And there's this great anticipation as you're in a, as you're in a parking lot and you're walking up and you see all of the roller coasters and you hear the yells and you hear the joy that's happening and you're just like, yes, this is great. The first time I took Isaac um, to an amusement park, we're walking up and I'm like, buddy, this is going to be phenomenal. We're going to go ride. And I pointed to this really, really tall roller coaster and you could see his eyes getting really big. He's like, I don't know if I want to do this. This is crazy. And Anyway, so we, so we wait in line, and we're getting onto these roller coasters. We're getting onto this one particular roller coaster, and you wait like an hour to get on, this, get on this ride. And you can see the anticipation. He's just like, I don't know if I should do this. This is crazy. I, Dad, you're, you're crazy. I don't want to do this. But then we get on the car, and we get in the roller coaster, and we strap in, and you go, and man, it's so much fun. We're doing these loops, and we're doing these corkscrews, and we're going up high, and we're going down low, and it's so much fun. And then after the ride, I look over at Isaac, and he is grinning from ear to ear, and he's like, can we do it again, Dad? Can we do it again? And that makes me think of our plans. You see, we walk up, and we see the things that we have, we see our five loaves and, we're two, and our two fish, and we're just like, God, what can you do? I'm going to give you everything. And there's this, there's this horror, this, this, this fear. You're just like, what are you going to do? And we're so scared. But then God takes it, straps us in, and takes us on this amazing ride. And at the end of that ride, after we've trusted him with all of our stuff, and we've trusted him with our lives, we look over at God, and we're like, God, can we do it again? This is amazing. What I want to challenge us with this morning is that God will take what we give him, and he'll start showing off. God takes our gifts and takes what we surrender over to him, and God will do amazing things through it. He'll take our plan A's and make them something that we haven't even imagined. These, these previous weeks, we've been talking about a comeback stories. And we've been talking about how God takes things and he fixes things. And he restores us and he restores our soul and he, re- he restores our families. And this morning, I want to talk to you about restoring your plans. You see... As kids, we dream big, and we have these great imaginations. But over time, we lose that. But God wants us to dream big again. He wants us to take the things that we have, bring them before him, so that big things can happen. 
And each week we've also shared different stories and different testimonies of how God has worked through these people's lives. And and this morning is no different. Um, I want to share a video with you from a family that they thought that they were going to have this perfect family, but then some obstacles came. So let's watch Cody's story and we'll, we'll... Cody's story is so powerful to me. Um, his perseverance to overcome the obstacles are, are truly inspiring. A small child should never have to go through the things that he has gone through. However, he does not use that as, as an excuse. Instead, he views it as an opportunity to overcome. You see, God has bigger plans for all of us. And what we think is our plan A, God has something bigger in mind. May we not rely on our plan A, but instead submit our plans to God. May he use the gifts as we surrender them to him to show off his amazing power. Maybe our own plans need a comeback story. We've tried to do some things and we've tried to to go along a path, but yet we keep hitting a brick wall. Let's surrender our plans to God. Maybe our own children, our own kids need a comeback story. We have high hopes for them and we, we want them to achieve so many great things and dedicate their lives to Christ, but yet their, their, their plans don't seem to match up with what God has in store for them. Maybe, maybe we need a dream a little bit bigger. Maybe our life's going okay, but it's not big. So we can take our okay and give it to God, and he'll make it great. As we described to you before, Landmark is a family. And we are a place where we love on each other and we pray for each other and we do big things together. And we want big things to happen to our community and the world around as, as God flows through us. So I'm going to challenge us with two things this morning. And as the praise team comes back on stage, we're, I'm going to explain these two challenges. The first challenge is I know many of us here are on social media. And we share great things and we share, share funny stories and, 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 and great things on, on the web. And so this morning, our first challenge is, if you've got big dreams for your family, if you've got big dreams for the church, if you have big things for here at Landmark, we want you to share those things. And we'll use the hashtag um, LMDreamBig and, and share those things. Share what you dream for the church or your family, or your own personal plans. But we also want to issue a challenge that if you need the prayers of the church, if you need this family to surround you, then come forward. And there will be so many people here to surround you and pray for you. My prayer is that we will submit our plans to God and be humble before him so that God can do amazing things. And if you need that to happen this morning, why don't you come down front as we stand and sing?